Waiver Wired is presented for the people by Caesars Sportsbook, the greatest sports betting app of all time. Download it. It must be 21 or older. Welcome to Waiver Wired. Jen Piacenti here joining me today at East Spaghetti as always. I promise that we are not going to talk about baseball on this episode. How about that, Eddie? <laughs> No, you're allowed to. I'm I'm less mad uh, at the Astros, and I, I'm more frustrated with my New York Yankees. This is a World Series that you know I wish it would never take place because I cannot stand the city of Philadelphia and uh, the Astros. I mean, you know what Pedro said years ago about the Yankees calling my daddy. Uh, unfortunately, that's the Astros. But I will add, I will add that there is some pressure on your Astros. You do have to, you do have to win this world series because a lot of postseason, like, you know, appearances and only that one, you know, world series that some people are questioning. So I I think you should win. I will say that. Um, But a lot of pressure. I think there's no doubt about that. I'm actually pretty nervous about it because we're coming in so high with like the quote unquote undefeated postseason and then mm-hmm. taking down the big bad Yankees who are always our nemesis and seem like the biggest challenge this year. And then now we have the Phillies and we, we've shown historically that these NL teams that get hot at the last minute seem to have our number. So definitely nervous about it, though, like on paper – it seems like we should have the advantage just because of the depth of the pitching. Totally agree. Phillies, to your point about batting average, I do have the best batting average in the postseason. Um, that being said, uh, it's going to be you know tough still to beat the Astros pitchers. And um, you can you can watch this video we made yesterday on Extra Points Podcast Network because uh, mm-hmm. Eddie and I get into a little spat. But we're usually so nice to each other on this program. So if you want to hear us fight, that that's the one to listen to. You can go check it out. I, I am laying down. Like I said, you, you're the winner. I'm the loser. I'm mad about everything. I'm mad about my team. You guys won fair and square. I mean, you could not have. You, you guys totally uh, opened a can versus the Yankees, and it's um, like I said. I, I I I do think you guys should win this. You're right on paper, the better team. Um, but it'll be interesting. You know, the the Phillies are coming in hot. Bryce Harper's hitting the ball. Um, I'm just hoping for you know, baseball needs an exciting World Series. They they need people to tune in yeah. who are not Astros or Phillies fans. So I'm really just hoping for that. I'm hoping for some good games. Hopefully, a long series for the fans. I'm sure you want a short series, but um, I just hope that it, it's watchable and gets some juice going for the MLB. I just want them to win game two because that's when I'm going to be at. So it's the most important nice. thing for them to Very win cool. because it's it's the worst. Because I've been to two World Series games that they've lost and only one that they've won. And it's mm-hmm. not very much fun to go mm-hmm. all the way to the World Series and then they lose. I'm going to tell yeah. you that. So, that's awesome though. Yeah. yeah. So fingers crossed. All right. Moving on to football. We will leave that. I'm sure I'll have a report for you all next Tuesday about how it went and how I'm feeling. Either very happy or very sad. Um. Tons of news. I think the biggest news today is, oh, you know what? I'm just going to start it out by saying I'm going to take the L here on Matt Ryan. I'm going to take this L. It's a big L. Um, Colts going forward are going with Sam Ellinger. Is Ellinger or Ellinger? I've heard it both ways. I always thought in college it was Ellinger, but I've heard some people online say Ellinger. I mean, it's... I have two, and I know someone with the same last name, and it was Ellinger. So I want to say Ellinger, but I'm not sure. So I guess we have to clarify that. But he's going to be the starting quarterback for the rest of the season. So yeah, there's an injury to Matt Ryan, but apparently Matt Ryan was just benched. Now, I don't know how I feel about this. I, I sort of feel like this is a little extreme because like he has... Rob, they're still three and three. Like, look, mm-hmm. he has a better record than Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Um, they are three, three and one, I should say. Um, 
And I don't know. I feel like it's a little harsh to just say we're benching you for the rest of the season, not we're resting you, not we're whatever. But what do you think? It's very very bizarre for a number of reasons because, like you're just pointing out, their record isn't that bad. Like, they have a victory versus the Chiefs. Like, this is a winnable division. The AFC South is not very good. Um, I understand they've been having – their normally very good offensive line is having some issues. I understand the injuries to Jonathan Taylor. But I just don't understand not only benching Matt Ryan, I understand the shoulder injury as well, but you also sign Nick Foles. And you're just jumping to now your third-string quarterback who was a very, very late-round pick, really had no buzz coming to the NFL. Now, he did have a great college career at Texas, one of the most um, you know efficient, one of the best quarterbacks, tons of touchdowns when he was playing in college. But this is very bizarre. My one guess is... I, I just think that this team has gone through so many quarterbacks since obviously the departure of, of Andrew Luck. They just want to tank and be in the mix for one of those top guys, whether it's uh, a Stroud, a Hendon Hooker, a, a Bryce Young, et cetera. But like the, to tank now is very odd when you could maybe sneak into the playoffs as the division winner. Um, maybe there's more going on behind the, behind the scenes. Maybe they project this team to really crumble down the stretch, but I, I, it, I don't get it at all. Really. It's super bizarre. And honestly, it does cause me concern because like, for instance, going into, you know, yesterday morning, I was thinking, okay, great waiver wire candidate, Paris Campbell, you know, 11 targets per game over the last few weeks. He's active in the slot. He's finally healthy. And they're always going to be throwing from behind. And Matt Ryan, like he can pass for a lot of yards, even if he doesn't score a lot of touchdowns, at least he's getting the ball in the air. Um, and, and his fantasy assets have been good. Michael Pittman, even Alec Pierce coming on the scene and Paris Campbell's a grab. Now, I have no idea. And what's especially bizarre about it is it's not like Jonathan Taylor's been so great and they can just right. lean back and lean on the run game. I don't know what they're doing. And I'm concerned about everybody now, all of those weapons. Michael Pittman, we don't know. Like we knew that Matt Ryan had the potential of making someone like a Julio Jones or a Calvin Ridley a huge fantasy asset. I don't know that the same is going to be there with six-round pick Sam Ellinger. Right, exactly. And and sure. and we were saying like how, you know, Matt Ryan uh he has had some big games and now you're throwing in a guy who's very he's very green, very inexperienced. He doesn't like I understand it's not fun to watch Matt Ryan get slammed and getting sacked and, yeah. and he kinda caught like the Danny Dimes uh disease from a few years ago where he's fumbling at a crazy rate. Like that's what Matt Ryan's been doing, and I understand he's thirty seven, he's probably not the quarterback of the future. I mean he's definitely not the quarterback of the future anymore. But I just don't know how this makes your team any better. So this to me is they are waving the white flag but it's just bizarre because Matt Ryan has been very up and down but not there's been a lot worse quarterbacks than Matt Ryan there's yeah. been a lot worse teams than the Eppolis Colts and when they're fully healthy they have weapons um, they have a pretty good receiving core they have options to tie it in like obviously Jonathan Taylor went healthy one of the best running backs in the league um, but I I just don't know like this is going to su- make everyone's fantasy value suffer because I don't think that Ellinger is going to be the, you know, Tom Brady 2.0 late round pick comes in, overtakes the veteran, all of a sudden leads his team to the promised land. I just see this as they're just trying to lose as many games as possible. They're going to be down in games. So their run game is going to be kaput because it's just game script. And now you're going to have, you know, guys like, you know, you're going to expect that Pittman's going to get a bunch of targets or Paris Campbell's going to get a bunch of targets again with this very inexperienced quarterback. It's just a, it's bad for fantasy players and it's, it's going to be bad for Colts fans the rest of the season. I'm not happy about it. I'm, I'm pretty grumpy about it, to be honest. Sure. Um, I would rather watch Matt Ryan throw a few picks, but then uh, expect him to get one of those fourth quarter rallies where at least you get the garbage time. 
Exactly. Right? He's getting the 300 <sighs> passing yards. He's going to throw a couple of touchdowns. Like he's going to like he's still a veteran that knows how to make certain plays. Like this guy is an MVP. This guy should have won a, a, a Super Bowl. Like he's a very good quarterback for a very long time. And yes, he's not a spring chicken anymore. But it's just like, and then you're just skipping over Foles. If you just I mean, went Nick to Foles, that's the other weird Thanksgiving. If over you went Foles, to Foles, like, why did the trouble like, to even roster him? Yeah, talk so about a guy who actually won a Super Bowl. It's Nick Foles. Nick Foles has been there, done that. And I, to me, it's just it's why spend the money? Like why go out and get these guys if you don't want to play them? And, and again, it's like uh, it, to me, it, it just screams of like they're tanking. But I just didn't think they were a candidate to tank at this point of the season before Halloween. It, I, I there must be a lot going on behind the the, the, the closed doors. Yeah. And, and and like, so for the future, obviously you have to start Jonathan Taylor. You have to start Michael Pittman. After that, I'm way more iffy about what you're doing. Even our waiver wire grabs of Paris Campbell and Alec Pierce. I think you just kind of sit and watch and see what happens. Who does Sam Ellinger develop mm-hmm. chemistry with? Is it really going to be Sam Ellinger even, or is it going to end up being Nick Foles? Or are they going to change their mind and bring Matt Ryan back? Who knows? I mean, anyway, we'll move on from the Colts. We have yeah. plenty of other more exciting things to talk about. And one... Bad news thing that happened Sunday, really bad news for those of you who were finally enjoying Brees Hall, rookie breakout season. He's done for the year. Really sad ACL tear. And it was interesting because we talked about this last week. The Jets had really transformed into a more run-friendly offense with Zach Wilson being back. So that Mm -hmm. stunk for our shares of Elijah Moore, who has obviously requested a trade. Mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, all of those waiver claims we were excited about and became the Brees Hall show. Michael Carter's value fell. Now, Carter, I'm sorry, now Hall is out. So yes. for half a second, we all got very, very excited about Michael Carter again. And I do still think Michael Carter is someone worth putting in some bids on in case he was dropped because at least for the next few weeks, he should have value and he's a good pass catching running back. But then for those of us who have James Robinson, that's me. We got the best news we've gotten all fantasy season. I can't even believe I'm saying this. The Jets have acquired J-Rob. J-Rob is finally going to have a major workload share for a team that's actually, dare I say it, pretty good. And I know they also have lost pieces of their O-line, but there's rumors that they're going to improve that as well. So I am, as a James Robinson owner, after watching that goose egg on Sunday, ready to go. And if you're a Travis Etienne owner, this is great news for you, too, because it's clearly his gig. Yeah, just to start with the Jags, that's the easy portion here. Um, obviously, the Jags just lost the game to my Giants. Travis Etienne was the guy. He's the one they want to feature in the, in the offense. So having James Robinson no longer there does make like life easy for him. He's going to be a must-start every single week because he gets involved in the passing game, too, even if the Jags are down. And I, I don't think the Jags are as bad as their record. They are a pretty solid team. Uh, now, with the Jets... When this happened, and I'm friends with a ton of Jets fans, I mean, I root for the Jets. I have no problem with the Jets being a Giants fan. So I watch a ton of their games. They're a fun team to watch. I always said, and I've always liked Michael Carter. Since he came out of North Carolina, I was like, Michael Carter is more than capable. Like, yeah, it stinks that Brees Hall goes down because Brees Hall was, you know, watching Brees Lightning, he is the man. Like, he is an electric running back. He's got some life into this team. Like, there's a lot of uh, juice going on for the Jets. And losing him... It's it's not to me. It wasn't that much of a drop off because it's all about the blocking schemes, the play calling. Like the the Jets are opening up holes and they're getting big chunks in the ground. I think Michael Carter could do that. And then you go and bring James Robinson in, and it's a good move. I mean, Carter's obviously used to this committee, and I think the Jets are good with a, a tandem at running back. I would have hoped. 
that Robinson went to a team that really doesn't have a guy like the Rams or something like that. Maybe, uh, you know, the, the, the Panthers, just a team that just has a hole there because I think Michael Carter is better than, you know, a lot of running backs in this league, but I think the Jets can manage that. And, and I do agree. If you have James Robinson now, you're definitely happy because he's going to have more of a workload than the Jaguars. But I still think Michael Carter is going to be probably the guy because he's just been there. Um, and then in terms of, you know, Zach Wilson, and Elijah Moore, it seems like they did activate Elijah Moore again. They want him back in the lineup. Um, I think this is a time now, especially with Elijah Vertucka out, who Elijah Vertucka played like almost every position on their offensive line. Uh, he was drafted to play guard because they had Mekhi Becton there. They had to slide him to tackle. He played right tackle. He's playing all over the place. He, him being gone does scare me. It's going to, I mean, if they do make a trade, which has been the rumor, that's great. I think it could hurt their rushing attack a little bit. Um, Zach Wilson hasn't just, he's just been there. He's just been a passenger. I like to see Zach Wilson open up this thing, this, this passing offense. He has a great arm. If you get Elijah Moore involved, that's awesome too. Um, and maybe we'll have some life back in Garrett Wilson and the Jets receivers because uh, of the loss to uh, AVT and obviously to, to Brees Hall. So the Jets the next few weeks are going to be an interesting team to watch here for fantasy purposes. They're definitely going to be interesting. I think that my prediction will be Michael Carter will be featured in the next week or two, but I do think that James Robinson ultimately will be the back to start with Michael Carter maybe being a flex play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, eyes open. Um, and and it was great news. If you're a James Robinson uh, manager, it's great news because he was only trending in the wrong direction. And if you're a Travis Etienne yeah. manager, also even better because there's totally. no threat that maybe one day Doug Peterson will change his mind. So good on that. Um, Christian McCaffrey was traded to the San Francisco 49ers. Now they had him in for limited snaps on Sunday. Obviously new to the offense, has to learn the book. You know, he didn't do anything for you really. Um, It didn't help the Niners in their Super Bowl rematch. The Chiefs still crushed them. Mm -hmm. My concern here for other fantasy weapons is I think it's not great for Debo Samuel. You know, I think as a team, this is a great call because to have a wide receiver that can line up at running back and a running back that can line up a wide receiver is a special sort of nightmare if you're scheming to, you know, play that team. But for fantasy, it kind of makes things a little more murky. Now, on the surface, it feels like, okay, the running backs for the Niners are always smashed, but we kind of always expected CMC to smash. I think we're probably going to get what we drafted him. I mean, the guy was going number two overall. He's not going to be any better than that. So I think CMC, you know, obviously you start him every week. My concern is going to be for Debo. I sort of think it's a little bit of a bump for Ayuk because I think he becomes a different kind of threat and they'll, because people will be so worried about stopping McCaffrey, that Ayuk might actually be the guy that gets the biggest bump here. Yeah, I you should. I don't have any um, shares of McCaffrey, and I didn't really expect him to do a ton. Obviously, when the trade happened like Friday, and he's flying immediately to to meet up with the team, and they, they kind of ran into a buzzsaw versus the Chiefs. But I think looking at their schedule, I mean, they have the Rams upcoming, the Chargers who are struggling, so there's they own the Rams. Like, there's a lot of games that are, they're going to be winnable, and they're going to feature McCaffrey. Um, he's a guy that like I may even target in some leagues to try to get him. So I expect a lot from him because he's a guy like you just said, Jen like the way that Debo is a gadget player who could do pretty much everything on the field on offense is the same thing what McCaffrey could do. And, you know, Jimmy G hasn't been great. I think they will rely heavy on him. We all know what Kyle Shanahan could do with his running schemes. Um, so I love McCaffrey. Uh, I do agree that Debo's at least his carries and the gadget plays with him will take a little bit of a hit. 
Um, and I, I just I'd like to see maybe things get easier for Jimmy G now having McCaffrey, who's now wearing number 23. So having 23 behind him does make life easier him because the defense will respect that, which makes life easier for the receivers. So this this 49ers team, also like the Jets, will be very interesting to watch the next few weeks. I, I know Kittle had that touchdown, which is uh, which is great to see. So I, I do think the passing attack will open up because defenses will be afraid of what McCaffrey's going to do. You're going to have guys spying him, a uh, lot more man coverage. So this is going to be great all around. And, and I'm also very, very happy for Christian McCaffrey to get off that, even though they did win the 21 to three over the bucks. Uh, I am happy to see him kind of move away from a rebuilding team to a team that has uh, an awesome foundation an awesome head coach then an awesome GM. So I think there's only, uh, only good things in the future for, uh, for CMC. I hope so. The only thing that slightly concerns me is like, I mean, if the 49ers running backs have a reputation for anything, it's for getting injured. I know. And he is injury prone. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be quote unquote injury prone. I don't know if that's really a thing or not, but I certainly hope that he stays healthy. I think it's too early to drop Jeff Wilson. Uh, if you can hold on, I think you should. I think they'll be rotating him in and out uh, more than maybe we anticipated. And again, injuries happen easily. I'm more bummed about my Elijah Mitchell that I've had on the IR for a long time. And I wish he could go somewhere and have, you know, a full workload like, the Rams, but they're not going to mm-hmm. trade him to mm-hmm. the Rams. You know, that's never yeah, happening. Division, yeah. No, no way. They have to keep their stable because Christian McCaffrey is quote unquote injury prone. So unfortunately we may see some careers languish here, but what's new. Um, okay. Moving along more news today. Russell Wilson is trending towards playing. I, I mean, <sighs> good, I guess. Brett Ripien certainly wasn't the solution, but you know, I don't know. I, when have you ever like when they when the, when the Broncos were playing the Jets and obviously the Jets won this game and the there was legitimate talk on this network and around you know NFL media like who gives the, the Broncos the, the bigger threat to the Jets is it the two hundred plus million dollar man Russell Wilson the guy who's won Super Bowls and probably going to be a Hall of Famer or is it uh, is it Brett Ripon the son of Mark Ripon who is a, a career backup and it, it's like split like I, I, it's it's crazy. After seven weeks of football, that like this is a legitimate question. That's how bad Russell Wilson's been. That's how bad Nathaniel Hackett's been. And yes, the offense took some hits with the injury to Devontae Williams. I know we lost uh, Tim Patrick early on in the year. Um, but I I just think the Broncos' new ownership, like there was so much life in this team. Wow, this AFC West is going to be great. I think, and I'm not trying to be, uh, you know, a hot take over the top here. They have to cut ties with Hackett. Like, I just feel like you have to cut ties because there's such a bad stink with this team. There is such a feeling of, like, dread. Like, I don't want to watch the Broncos play. I can't remember a team in recent memory. Like, and there have been way worse teams than Broncos, but, like, they're just not fun to watch. They are they are painful to watch. And, I, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago, I was blaming, is Judy a bust? Is he really that good? Is Corlin Sutton as good as he thought? Like, I still think these players are good. I still think Melvin Gordon has some life in him. I still think Russell Wilson can do it. I just think Nathaniel Hackett is just lost as a head coach. He should not be the guy. And I know he may break a record if he's fired before like week nine, it's like the quickest time a coach has been fired in his first year. But this new regime in, in Denver, new ownership, like you have to get this bad sink off you and you have to get a new head coach who could lead an offense with some explosive pieces because the AFC West is struggling right now. Like the Raiders are struggling. They won the game, but they, the record's not great. Chargers, obviously, a lot of issues. Like the Chiefs are obviously going to be in the top, but the, the Broncos should be right there with how, you know, the, the pieces they have on this roster. And Hackett just really, he's fumbled the, like big time. It's been, it's been bad. 
So interestingly, um, we're going to, I'm going to ask you this question. We saw, okay, so Hackett, obviously not good for the Denver offense, certainly not good for Russell Wilson, who I don't think has lost it yet. I mean, he's still one of the best deep ball passers. I mean, look, Sutton's going to fall by the wayside completely if, if Russ is gone. So that's a just completely lost fantasy asset. Um, but let's look at the difference between that and Brian Dayball and Daniel Jones. Now, Daniel Jones is actually my quarterback streamer of the week. He has the second most rushing yards among quarterbacks this year behind only Lamar Jackson. He finishes the QB2 last week. He's now QB9 on the season. 202 yards through the air and a touchdown last week. 107 on the ground and another touchdown. Now, now maybe I'm getting dramatic here, and please stop me because I'm a Cowboys fan, not a Giants fan. (laughs) But I look at this and I'm like, okay. Do you remember Josh Allen wasn't – he was fine when he came. He wasn't Josh Allen like he is now. I I feel like maybe Dable's turning – Daniel Jones into a more capable, smart NFL quarterback. He is making this team win. And it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be passing for 350 yards a game and, and that kind of way, but he's making smart decisions and he's getting it done. And he does have the mobility that someone like a Josh Allen has. And I'm not saying that Josh Allen and Daniel Jones are the same player. I'm just saying that having Brian Dable might be a major, major advantage for a smart player like Daniel Jones. I mean, this is a smart kid who has good talent. Mm -hmm. And this week he's matching up with the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, they've allowed the 11th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. They've allowed the fifth most rushing yards, couple rushing touchdowns, and we know how soft their run defense is. So as far as streaming, I am really cool with streaming Daniel Jones this week. And just long-term... I think there's a lot of potential. Well, I uh, number one, I, I'm attending this Giants Seahawks game, and I'm praying to the okay. football gods that he he does play very very well. And I will say this too for our, our betting friends, uh, we have to give out advice not only fantasy but some betting stuff too. Giants road, you know, they're going to be on the road. They're getting three points. Uh, Giants every game this year has been a one score game, so Giants getting points. Uh, I understand the Seahawks have, have surprised, but I think the Giants are going to you know win that game. Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Jen, with like Daniel Jones is not going to be throwing the ball the way that Josh Allen does. Not many no. people in the NFL have Josh Allen's arm. He's not going to throw three, 400 yards, four or five touchdowns in the game. That's not his style. Now, what Daniel Jones will do is outwork everybody. He will out, he will watch film. He will study. I know the, the minute this the last season ended, he was out there working. He was back at Duke with with David Cutcliffe, who, you know, his coach and obviously, you know, has ties in the Manning family. He is going to be working constantly, and that's shown this offseason now, having Brian Dable and Mike Kafka as an offensive coordinator. That has helped him tremendously. And again, people just don't want to hear it. In, in recent NFL media landscape, it's all about, like, you have to have a Patrick Mahomes. you got to score 40-plus points. Like, the quarterback has to be so talented, he has to make up for errors on your roster. And I push back on that. I said, a lot of stuff matters. And coaching matters, obviously. Offensive line matters, and playmakers on offense matters. Having Saquon Barkley back healthy also makes his life a lot easier. And just seeing what Daniel Jones could do now 
Like if, if the ball is not going to Saquon and he has to throw the ball, he has the option to run. He's not turning the ball over. He's throwing the ball out of bounds if there's no one open. And like he's had barely anyone to throw to. He's barely had anyone to throw to. Wondell Robinson coming back. I mean, he had like six, seven catches last game. Like he, like it, they, they definitely, I know we're going to get into some trade uh, potential rumors uh, later in the show. Like they need help. They need help at receiver. And he's just, He's doing everything and more you could possibly ask for him, and I'm very, very happy for this guy. And Dayball is a magician, and again, like he is not going to be the Josh Allen type player, but his improvement is not a shock to me because I've been saying this since the off season. Um, and yes, uh, Josh Allen went from like a guy with like a 58 completion percentage all of a sudden to an NFL MVP candidate. And I think Daniel Jones, he's not going to be NFL MVP, but he'll throw for right. 200 plus, and he may run for close to 100. He may run for a right. touchdown because he's just gonna. He He's just going to take what the defense gives him. He's going to get yardage. He's going to move, move the chains. Like, that's all he's doing right now, and it's, it's, it's a joy to watch. It really is. And the Giants' schedule is very, very easy upcoming. I know he's saying easy any given Sunday, whatever. But seeing the Seahawks, seeing the Texans, seeing the Lions, having a bye in the next couple of games, having two games versus the Commanders, there's a lot to like. Yeah, and it translates into a lot of fantasy points, just the way that he plays, that mobility. And and that's what's especially good for when we're talking about streaming him. Those fantasy points rack up. It's the same reason that Justin Fields is actually a good ad because his rushing ability keeps him in the conversation all of the time. Now, you mentioned, you know, Daniel Jones is also doing this without a lot of weapons, which is really incredible too. Wandell Robinson now... um, Two weeks in a row has had a decent game, 11 or more PPR points. But this week, he finally played 70% of the snaps. He led the team in targets. He had eight, and he led the team in catches. Now, Darius Slayton technically had more yards, but it does look like Wando Robinson is set up to be that number one guy, and he's still available in like 70% of fantasy football leagues. So I do like Wando Robinson you know, as someone that you can add now that has the potential to be the wide receiver one, assuming uh, there's no trades or something like that, which we we talked about, but I don't see Kenny Galladay uh, coming in and uh, upsetting the apple cart late in the season or anything like that. No, I think we've probably seen the last of Kenny Galladay as a giant. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams will be out for a few weeks with an ankle sprain. This is a bummer. We know Josh Palmer was also dealing with an injury. Uh, I think this is great news for people who've been using Gerald Everett because even if Keenan Allen comes back, Gerald Everett should maintain some of those targets that he was getting. Maybe DeAndre Carter is a deep league stash. We'll see about Josh Palmer as well. Maybe Josh Palmer is the way to go. Let's just wait because there is a week they're on by this week, which is good news for everybody, especially Justin Herbert. Yes, exactly. He needs the break. Thank God they're finally giving him a break, even if it's a forced break. I think we'll all be happy with how he comes back. David Njoko, super bummer, out two to five weeks. He was the clear number two target in Cleveland behind Amari Cooper. So now we will be talking about uh, streaming tight ends in his position. Really a bummer if you lost him. You probably even grabbed him off the waiver wire, but you will not have him for two to five weeks. And Alan Lazard has been seen in a shoulder sling, which brings me to my next question. Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Your first bet with Caesars Sportsbook and Casino, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. Download the app with promo code Caesars. Are full, that's C-Z-R-F-U-L-L, and place your first bet. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you a thousand tier credits and a thousand reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. Free stays, game tickets, experiences, and more. And because Caesar plays by the rules, here comes the lengthy responsible gaming disclaimer. 
21 and older must be physically present in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem in Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, and Pennsylvania affiliated with Harris, Philadelphia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. Or Maryland, visit mdgamblinghelp.org. Or West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. Arizona, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, affiliated with Kansas Crossing Casino, call 1-800-522-4700. Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Iowa, call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP. Licensed through Horseshoe, Boston. Your city and Harris, New Orleans. Michigan, call 1 800 270 7117. New York, call 877 8 HOPE NY or text HOPE NY 467 369. Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1 800 889 9789. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. I guess we have to talk about this every podcast. Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, they're both losing big time. Um, They were both the top two MVP candidates last year. Tom Brady threw for 5,100 yards. Tom Brady, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers, second MVP in a row. So I'm looking at this, right? So I'm I'm looking at the game for Thursday. I'm breaking down Ravens versus Tom Brady, and I'm Mm -hmm. going over this. I'm like, what is Tom Brady's problem? Is it father time? Is it what's going on at home? Is it the O-line? Well, I looked it up. He's only had 10 sacks. That's the second least in the league. The only person that's had fewer sacks is Josh Allen. Okay. Aaron Rodgers had 15 sacks. Not bad. But I, I look at the difference here and I'm like, the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady to me is there is something wrong with Tom Brady. Unless maybe it's the coaching. I don't think it's the bowl switch. There is something wrong that, ha- and hopefully that switch can flip, but I, I don't know what it's going to be. 
Because this matchup on Thursday should be cake for him. Mm-hmm. But if he can't do it this weekend, well, we've said this already a few weeks in a row, the guy has the weapons. He has Mike Williams. He has Chris Godwin. He has Russell Gage. He has Leonard Fournette. All of these people are more than capable. And it can't just be because he lost Gronk. Conversely, Aaron Rodgers, he really he really doesn't have anybody, right? So like, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has an excuse and it's potentially something that could even be changed with the right trade. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady, I don't know how you fix that problem. Like, I'm I'm literally starting to think that the rumors about Giselle putting a curse on him are true. (laughs) I'm I'm with you that, I I mean, I'm not shocked. I'm more shocked about Tom Brady and the Bucs playing poorly. It's it's not even a question because, like you said, they have – I mean, they did lose some offensive line. uh, Ali Marpet retires and and, uh, Kappa, I know, goes to Cincinnati – but like you, you cited with you know with with Brady's not getting sacked, but like Tom Brady is he gets rid of the ball in a millisecond. Like that's what we've seen him since the early days of of, of the New England Patriots. Like he gets the snap, quick couple reads, boom, balls out of his hands. Like it's just it's as fast as possible. They have a great ground game. They have Leonard Fournette, who's consistent, right. if not you but know with the ground game, the fewest in the league. They they average sixty four and a half per game and only four hundred twenty five all year, and they have the talent. Uh, the talent is there, and then then the next question is like you mentioned the coaching, but you know Byron Leftwich has been calling plays with him. Like they've been buddy buddy since he's gotten to Tampa. I, I, how much of an impact does Bruce Arians have leaving? I, I don't think things change that much in terms of their schemes. Um, you know Todd Bowles obviously was there too, and and, and constructed that great defense, and which, which has been awesome the last few seasons. So yes, it, it's that is a complete shock. Whereas the Packers seeing Rodgers struggle, it's like, well, what do you expect to happen when you don't ever invest in offense and your best player? Right. Uh, your best outside target goes to to the Raiders, and like, yeah, you want to shift to a, a ground game thing, but you still have this guy who just won MVP. Uh, if there ever was a team, I'm not even a Packers fan. I would go to, I'd fly to Green Bay and scream at the front office, "Go trade for a receiver." There's plenty of receivers out there. Go get some help because you could actually win this division. Does anyone believe in the Minnesota Vikings? I don't think anyone does. Like, you could win this division. You could potentially, you know, you're, you're going to be home home field, whatever it is. Like, it could, it's still on the table. Um, I don't. I think with the the Buccaneers. And, and sometimes, like, Tom Brady's been this guy who's always been laser-focused and football, nothing else. And I think finally, maybe it is some father time stuff, but I do think missing some practices, dealing with family drama, his brain is no longer as focused on football as it was. And I don't necessarily blame him. I mean, how many he's won right. so many Super Bowls, so many playoff games. Like it's at the point now where he's in his mid forties. He's like, ah, all right, I, I gotta, you know, I gotta give up this this thing eventually. I, I mean, I don't. This is definitely his last season. I don't see him coming back. There's a way to come back from unretirement. Like he's got to pull it together and finish on a high note because he's Tom Brady. He's the goat, and he's doing all of this. And what it appears to be, whether it's true or not, it appears the optics are at the expense of his family. Yeah. And so he should at least win if he's going to do it, right? Mm-hmm. So it looks like an epic meltdown. And it's just really – they were the favorites to win the NFC this year. They were yeah. plus 300 ahead of the Rams, ahead of everybody, ahead of the Packers coming in. And it's just an epic meltdown. And and their defense got gashed by Chubba Hubbard and Donta Foreman. Their, Excuse their me. run defense. Chubba Hubbard and Donta Foreman, which we should talk about. Let's talk about Chubba Hubbard and Donta Foreman. Um, I believe we got a question on this, so I'll just take it now. Mm-hmm. Which one is the back to roster and do you trust them? Look, they beat up the Tampa Bay run defense, which was rumored to be <laughs> the best in the league or among the best in the league. So 
Yeah, I think you have to at this point with the state of the running back position. Now, Chaba Hubbard was listed as the starter and he played more snaps. He played 22 snaps. I think he had 63 yards on the ground at a touchdown. Certainly a good day. But Donta Foreman was the more explosive one. He has that big playability. I think he had 118 on the ground, uh, 27 yards in the air. Didn't find the end zone, but he just excites me more. He had more carries, 15 carries to Chubba's nine. If I were only picking one, it would be Donta Foreman because mm-hmm. I think you're going to get a bigger ceiling. But either of them are usable. Again, we're in a situation where it's a committee, I think. And that's just how backfields work now. And you know what? The only... One of the only, you know, bell cow backs we thought we could count on was Najee Harris. That's not working out. Jonathan Taylor, that's not working out. So, you know, maybe it's just good to go ahead and roll with someone like Donta Foreman or Chubb or Hubbard if they're available. I think they're, they could be usable. I like them better than, say, like Tyler Algier, Caleb Huntley, that mess in Atlanta. Yeah, I uh, was lucky enough the minute that, you know, that trade happened, the McCaffrey to the 49ers trade, I picked up uh, Dante Foreman in two leagues. Um, weirdly enough, Chuba Hubbard was already rostered uh, in some of those leagues. So I, I'm, you know, then I saw obviously everyone the minute that trade happens, every fantasy person on Twitter says like Foreman Hubbard, Foreman Hubbard. So that, that, what really makes me feel good about those pickups, if we have either of them, is like we just talked about the Bucks. Run defense supposed to be great. Bucks defense in general supposed to be great, and they did that to them with like PJ Walker at quarterback. So if they could yeah. accomplish that, you should feel feel pretty good about them. Um, now I do think the there's a good chance the Panthers do trade DJ Moore. Obviously, Robbie Anderson was already traded. They're going to probably They're saying the answer is no. They're saying no. If they do, oh, that may help the hell the running backs. But I I think if they do get rid of DJ Moore, I know they said he's like an integral part of the franchise. I just don't know how that helps him. But if they get rid of him, then there's then like I think defenses will kind of clamp down. But if they do keep him, that is a good sign for uh, keeping those running backs. But uh, I do think they'll they will uh, a couple games they're going to give you some nice uh, some nice points there. I will say for those of you who have DJ Moore in fantasy, of which I am one, um, it was so good to see him. Of course, he was on my bench, mm-hmm. but it was so good to see him go off on Sunday. And I think that he's the one that might see the biggest bump with Christian McCaffrey being gone oh, and yeah. the change at quarterback. So I'm at least hopeful there. He had a massive air yard share, massive target share. That's the way it should be. And hopefully it remains that way. And it worked because it was a beatdown. That was a, what, 23 to 3? They, they mm-hmm. held Tom Brady to no touchdowns. Zero touchdowns. In fact, Tom Brady has only had more than one touchdown in one game this year, guys. That's 1.14 touchdowns per game. That was uh, one of Tom Brady's worst games of his career. And like I and I think the writing's on the wall. Like I said before, this is probably going to be his last his last season, I think, playing. It, it was it was a shock. That whole game was a shock. Or maybe he'll go play for the Colts. Uh, the, the Colts love the the retreads. Like any quarterback has yeah. been washed up and kicked to the curb from another franchise. The Colts are like, it. we'll bring him in. They just like the the retirement of Andrew Luck at 29 years old has really just put that <laughs> franchise in a loop that they're like, I don't know what to do anymore. We're we supposed to have this guy. I feel bad. I feel bad. You know, Megan Gailey, uh, you know, Colts fan. Like I, you know, I I cannot wait for the Megan Fun of Sports to record just to see what a Colts a diehard Colts fan has to go through because you go from Manning. To luck to now, uh, I, the the Foles Ryan experiment didn't work. The Rivers experiment didn't work. The Wentz experiment didn't work. Maybe Tom Brady next year. We'll see. He beat the Colts a lot during his uh, his times with the Patriots. Maybe it's uh, it's destiny. I can't remember if we talked about picking up Donta Foreman ahead of time on this pod. I know I mentioned it in my article over at Sports Illustrated, but I want to start thinking in that pattern mm-hmm. because 
Trade deadline is November 1st, and there are rumors out there, and there may be a way when you're going to make your waiver claims that you can get a little bit ahead of it. And even if we're wrong, no big deal. If you have the bench space, you can drop these players. Players that are rumored to be on the trade block or that have been, you know, teams have come knocking for. Jerry Judy, uh-huh. this is really giving up, which to me is amazing. But Jerry Judy. Not, this is a weird move. If the Broncos do that, so they should weird. be ashamed. I, I don't yeah. think this is going to happen. Brandon Cooks, this is possible. This guy's got sure. been traded so many times in his life. He's just like, I'm sure he's got a lot of frequent flyer miles. Yeah. And Chase Claypool. So we kind of know where to go for all of these. So that's why I want to talk about it. Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler is the person to pick up proactively should Jerry Judy go. Okay. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins is the guy to pick mm-hmm. up should Brandon Cooks go. And actually, Davis Mills is fine. There, the, he, he can still put up fantasy points. Chase Claypool, Chase Claypool goes, it is George Pickens season, baby. Finally, oh, we yeah. can get rid of that three-headed monster and know that you can start Deontay Johnson and George Pickens if you need to. I think in terms of those players are actually moved, I think from a football standpoint, like if you like Kenny Pig, maybe you're drafting him for you know dynasty leagues, whatever. I don't think – I think moving Chase uh, Claypool is a terrible decision for a, a team with a young quarterback, uh, especially mm-hmm. a team that cannot run the move the ball on the ground. Like Najee Harris is – look, I follow a lot of Pittsburgh media members who come on uh, minus three a lot. They're just like, this guy is not a first-round pick quality player. Like he just not look good. Um, we they thought last year because of the O-line issues, he's not looking sharp whatsoever. I don't think moving Claypool makes a lot of sense for a team that's going to, you know, rely on Kenny Pickett for the next, you know, decade or so uh, as their starting quarterback. Um, I know we were just talking about DJ Moore too being traded and they don't, they don't want to move him. Brandon Cook's another good option too for this team, but like I, I, I know Aaron Rodgers has not been a guy that people have looked at as fondly as the past because of his weird, you know, media transgressions lately and the whatever, but he doesn't deserve this disservice that the, the the Packers organization gives him. And like I said before, that they could easily win this division and he could be putting up better numbers if they had a DJ Moore, if they had a Brandon Cook. So I hope for fantasy purposes, those guys go there because I think with Rodgers, he's going to be throwing them like 10 plus times a game. And that would be awesome because I do have a lot of shares uh, of those receivers. So I think that'd be a great move. I hope they do. I don't see any of these receivers that are being talked about in trades, Jerry Judy, Brandon Cooks, or Chase Claypool, if they were to be traded, I don't see their value going down. Like sometimes a trade happens and it doesn't help them. I think all of these will be in a position to be boosted. But I want you to build me a perfect trade, Eddie. Give Give me like a trade that would just make everybody win for fantasy. By the way, side note, wasn't it nice to see Aaron Jones use the way he should be used last week? Yeah. They need to do more of that. I mean, yeah, they, they, he's their the best offensive weapon, obviously, uh, and he could do it all on the field, catching the ball, running the ball, he can block, uh, and he is the one helpful piece for Aaron Rodgers. But uh, it, the, the best trade, I mean, this would help. This would, I don't know if he would be a start week in, week out, and I just said don't trade Chase Claypool uh, because the Steelers need him, I think, for a number of reasons. But you know who else needs him is the, the hat of the team I'm wearing is the New York Football Giants. And Dalen Jones, you know, they, a couple of years ago, they go and sign Kenny Galladay. We just said we're not going to probably see Kenny Galladay ever set foot in the field for the Giants ever again. He's a big body receiver. He's a, re- a receiver that goes up and gets those goal line fades. He could, you know, moss smaller cornerbacks by picking the ball over their head. Well, Chase Claypool can do that too. Also big body. I think he was a guy that the Giants go after. would be a great replacement for what they thought Kenny Galladay uh, would do because you already have the Wondell Robinson who's the very, very small, more slot guy running like the option routes um, underneath. And you have a guy like Claypool who can go up and get it. Daniel Jones never really had 
I got to do that because uh, Kenny Galladay has never really stayed on the field. He's never been healthy enough. He's never been, never been effective when he has been on the field. I think Claypool may need to change the scenery. I think he's a good guy that would definitely would his touchdowns would increase. And he's a guy that if you could flex, you feel good about. But I, I still think the home run of a trade is any of those receivers we named just go to Green Bay Packers. Like you have to go to Green Bay. Yeah. You have to help out Aaron Rodgers because he's a quarterback that still could do it. He just has not been given any single any help. And again, credit to him for not freaking out in the media. He just said recently, like, I know, I know we could turn this around. We don't have we, there's no issues. So he's handling it as well as he can, but there's just a lack of talent on the outside. And he he needs one of those guys. Yeah. And Brandon Cooks could be one of those guys. DJ, you're right. Every single one of these guys, I'm not sure about Chase Claypool to Green Bay. I don't actually think that's going to work out because I have a feeling there's going to be attitude issues there. Um, I do think there's personality things that have to be addressed when you work with Aaron Rodgers. And yeah. I don't, I know there's been Chase Claypool. And I worry about that for your Giants too, actually, with Chase Claypool. I'm not sure that that's the right fit. It's well, like Juju Smith Schuster, you know, like yeah. those kind of a. I don't know, um, but I do think Chase Claypool is an incredibly talented player. He is, and and you I'd can't like teach size. Have- you cannot teach size like that that he has in his jumping right. ability, and he would help a lot of teams in the red zone, scoring touchdowns, deep balls up to him. Like he is a, a nice asset to have. Like when you're right, Jen, when his head is 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 on straight and he's focused, like he is a dangerous player. So I have good news, and that is that uh, the Lions are not playing the Dallas Cowboys this week. Um, so as suggested, a lot of people wanted to stream Jared Goff last week, and though I did tell you to stream right, Matt Ryan, I also told you not to stream Jared Goff because that Dallas pass ref, rush is just too tough, and they could not handle it. They tried, but they couldn't quite do it, and unfortunately, our fantasy assets suffered a lot. But this week, it's a beautiful matchup with Miami, the highest game total of the week, 51 and a half. I'm really excited. I hope we'll see Amon Ross St. Brown healthy and back. I think we'll see a better Jared Goff this week, and I think it will be great for Miami, too. Like, you know, like Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle need much help, but... You know, if you have them, congratulations. It's going to be a good week, hopefully. I, I do think there is going to be a turning point in the Lions season now where not totally desperation, but having one win when your team's kind of been in a lot of these games you lost, like you're scoring a ton of points. Um, obviously, you know, Jen, me and you talked about hard knocks at, at length and everyone was kind of fired up. Like, wow, they look great. Even they lost the Eagles by three, like they're scoring a ton of points. Like Goff has looked great again. Like what he was at some points, um, you know, during his tenure with the Rams, with McVay, the running game has looked good. No matter if it's Jamal Williams or, or if it's DeAndre Swift, they have the receivers. They have Amon Ross St. Brown, who's a, a complete stud. And uh, it just hasn't it hasn't worked. And I think now, like with this one, only one win, it's near midseason. There are some winnable games on there. There will be some tough games. Um, obviously, like they have some, you know, out of division um, uh, games lined up that are that could be some, like you know, versus the versus the Bills, another tough one they have upcoming. But I I think now, like kind of Dan Campbell on the hot seat. Maybe they're just like we we have to really put the pedal to the metal. And I will. I, don't think I he's on the hot seat. I, 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 he shouldn't be, but I think there is this sentiment coming around now that he is a guy that's like, he's a lot of talk, but the X and O's don't really match up. But anyway, my point is, I do I mean, think like that they were going to win that game versus Dallas. I mean, like, you know, I didn't pick him against Dallas, but I, I, I think, I think there's, they, they have, there's some, there, there were some winnable games in there. Back. That's what they need. They need to Swift back and they need a healthy Amon Ross St. Brown and missing those two big pieces. It's not fair to hold them too accountable for that, but that defense stinks. There's no question about that. Yeah. And that, that should be fixed. Um, 
Let's get to the, um, actually, let's quickly run through Waverwire, and then I want to get to our questions. I think we may have answered most of them, but we'll grab them, Mm -hmm. and then we'll wrap it up with our records for picks this week and talk about how you can play with us Mm -hmm. at extrapointspod.com slash arcade, because it's a lot of fun. Okay, so quickly, if you're streaming, and this is only for Superflex leagues, only for Superflex, you could try flexing PJ Walker this week because he's got Atlanta. And remember, Atlanta surrendered half a thousand yards and four touchdowns to Joe Burrow last week. Obviously, P.J. Worker is not Joe Burrow. However, it's just a good matchup. Uh, he actually finished top 12 last week, uh, P.J. Walker, versus a tough Bucks defense. It's only been allowing 17.7 points per game. So, you know, don't count him out. Davis Mills is another one I'm willing to stream in super flex leagues because he's got Tennessee. They've allowed an average of 294 passing yards and two touchdowns per game to opposing quarterbacks. So the way to beat them is through the air. That means Davis Mills could have a good day. Uh, as far as running backs, Gus Edwards, obviously, if he's still available, it's a three-headed monster still in Baltimore. But Gus is not called the bus for no reason. He's going to get the goal line carries, and that's going to add up. We talked about Foreman and Hubbard. We talked about Carter. Isaiah Pacheco officially got the start on Sunday. It didn't really matter. It wasn't a great showing, but you should probably have him rostered in deeper leagues. Um, and then, you know, deep, deep, deep leagues, Latavius Murray, Rashad White, Darrell Henderson, Justice Hill, Tyler Algier. Wide receivers, Isaiah McKenzie, still available in about 60% of leagues. He's definitely worth a bench spot. Um, we talked about Nico Collins, Paris Campbell, and Devontae Parker, someone I might be interested in. Van Jefferson ahead of time, Donovan People-Jones. We talked about KJ Hamler and DeAndre Carter. And then finally, tight ends. This was a question. Someone who lost David Njoku. Probably my favorite tight end long-term is Hayden Hurst because just the amount of targets he's getting and that Bengals offense where you think it's not going to be enough, but it's still translating. But I like, if you're going for a little bit deeper of a grab, Greg Dulcich, okay, He was targeted nine times, even though they lost on Sunday. He caught six of them for 51 yards, which followed up his debut performance in week six, where he caught two of three targets for 41 yards and a score. You know the Broncos are going to be playing from behind. And it seems like Russell Wilson or an inexperienced quarterback is going to continue to lean on the tight end. And then finally, Juwan Johnson. Now, when we talk about tight ends, we always talk about Taysom Hill for New Orleans. But Juwan Johnson is actually the guy that's the pass-catching tight end officially. He has actually run 182 routes this year. And that's tied for fourth amongst tight ends. And he's only blocking 8% of the time. Now, we saw him have a huge game on Thursday Night Football. Two touchdowns, caught all five of his targets. Uh, It was a good matchup. But it's a good matchup again this week versus the Raiders, who've given up the third most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. But probably most importantly, as long as that receiving course stays beat up in New Orleans... Juwan Johnson is just another answer for whether it's Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston. He's just out there. Uh, Irv Smith Jr. is my final one if he's available. He's facing the Cardinals and, you know, start all tight ends versus Cardinals. (laughs) Okay, everybody, we'll be right back after this quick break. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So you want to get to these uh, fan, uh, these questions from listeners here? Yeah, let's grab the question. So I will say that a lot of people, James Robinson is the hot topic. A lot of these questions, I know um, like Nathan Bird, you wrote in the thoughts on uh, Robinson's usage for the Jets. Uh, Jen, like you said, I, you think week one will be Carter, but then it'll kind of transition to uh, mm-hmm. to James Robinson. I'll, I'll save That's you explaining that one. Um, there was a trade offer uh believe oh here we go it was uh, from max at the summer spot he's in a 12 team standard league he was proposed getting christian kirk and giving away james robinson getting christian kirk and giving away james robinson in a standard league mm-hmm. i guess if you don't need running back i mean running back is such a thin position i just find it hard to believe that you have the depth to make that move yeah, and then we have another one from Daniel Gonzalez. Basically, um, he has uh, James Robinson. He's a person you should trade away or hold on to him. You should definitely hold on to him because of the position uh, positional scarcity. I don't think that he's going to go there and bust, so I don't think you're going to be getting any deal if you trade him. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you're really short at wide receiver and you can get some kind of a stud wide receiver, maybe, but in general, I would probably just hang on. I think he's a hold situation. Um, or another two guys talked about a lot too is coming from um, Kevin S at FF Grinder uh, at half PPR between Foreman or Hubbard. Um, uh, I guess start him or sit him. I would I would pick Foreman if you're talking about like who to get or who to start. Yeah. I know that officially Chubb is the starter, but I just love the explosiveness of Dante Foreman. And we saw how incredible he was when he filled in for Derrick Henry at times last year. So I like Foreman. I think there's more of a ceiling. And uh, Corey McPhee at McFeever is asking, also related to the Carolina running backs, are they worth a pickup? I mean, we answered that, uh, obviously, yes. Um, mm-hmm. And I believe he has Travis Kelsey, but he's on bye. So, um, you know, you just named two, all the streaming tight ends. But I guess, um, Jen, who would be your top streaming tight end to pick up with Kelsey on bye, number one? Uh, I, will, I will go Irv Smith, uh, Juwan Johnson, Greg Dulcich. Okay, and we have a question here from Alex Ortega on Ad Pure NFL. Um, assuming many will be gunning for Gus Edwards off the waiver wire, and what tight end do you uh, all recommend that's worth a pickup? I have the Browns tight end. Um, so there you go, tight end, and um, yeah, Gus Edwards. Also, we said pick up Gus the bus. So uh, a lot of these questions we we answered uh, as we were going. Um, kind of related to the Ravens, Jeffrey Fisher asking, is it worth it to hold on to J.K. Dobbins? And also, do I hold on to Eno Benjamin for hopes that James Conner is still out? Yes, I would hold on to Eno Benjamin because I think James Conner may get injured again. And, uh, and you just should have that handcuff. As far as J.K. Dobbins, no. It's safe to drop J.K. Dobbins. You can't keep holding him through. Now that Gus Edwards is back, now that we saw that Kenyon Drake is capable, I don't see a reason to hold on to J.K. Dobbins another three to four weeks. And even when he was being used, he was kind of being used limited. We haven't seen him at full strength all year. So no, I think it's safe to cut J.K. Dobbins and free up that roster spot. 
All right. I think one more quick span. I think that we uh, we answered. Yeah, I think we answered all of the uh, all, right. all the fantasy questions here. So thank you, everyone. Uh, keep you know putting it at Jam Piacente at that Eddie Murphy at Extra Points Pod. Uh, we will find those, track those down, answer them uh, every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll answer them every Tuesday. We love answering your questions, and um, it's even better when we answer them through the course of the pod, anyway. I guess because then we're all thinking in the same direction, right? You can tweet us uh, at that Eddie Murphy at Jen Piacenti at Extra Points Pod, and we'll get to them throughout the week as well. If you want to play with us, we have an arcade. We play every Sunday. And if you win, if you get the most picks correct in any given week, you can win $100. And if you play our props quiz and you get the most picks correct in any given week, you can win a golden hat. And who doesn't want a really cool golden Extra Points hat? I do, and yet I still keep forgetting to enter the contest. So shame on me. Um, this week, I went nine and four and my picks finally back on track, uh, kind of bummed my last two picks didn't pan out that Miami game was so close. And then, yeah, I did not expect the Chicago Bears to upset. I thought it's possible that they could cover the spread, but upset did not expect. If you saw that coming, congrats to you, Eddie. I think you got that one right. And uh, I guess the big winner of the week got 10 right for for extra yeah. spots. Parley kid, Parley kid went 10 and Parley 3. Kid. Um Congrats. you you and Sal went 9 and 4. You guys were uh tied for second place and then uh me, brother Brian Hanchain 5, Megan Connolly 7 and 6 and then everyone else went 6 and 7. So I have to say across the board, not a miserable week for uh the folks at EP. I know this year has been very very hard to figure out. Um very I with hard. a lot of weeks with you know, I had a week with like one right pick, but some weeks, you know, people got two right, three right. Uh, I guess we all kind of saw the saw the board a little bit better this week it was a little more clear so hopefully that that trend continues for uh for me and you i know we needed some help in the pick so i like us being in the top half uh, of the ep pick. <laughs> i do too yeah i do too it makes me feel a lot better i needed a good week so hopefully we can keep it rolling everyone uh you know where to find us this is a podcast for the people by the people it is waiver wired on extra points podcast network